Well, there are two kinds of success. One is very rare. The other is something we can all experience. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, I hope you're having a wonderful day. I know I certainly am here in Franklin, Tennessee. Going into fall, the leaves are changing. Everything is getting ready to go into that dormant season and then come back with a splash. January, February, you know, it just reminds us of the seasons in our own lives and the way we can change. Get ready for the new season. Well, I know I am doing that. And just a reminder, I mean, I encourage you to have your goals set by November 14th. Now, what that means is you can then relax, enjoy the holidays, but having clearly in mind what you want to accomplish in the new year, you'll be surprised how progress occurs even during that time. And also, November 14th, that means there's 48 days until the new year. It just seems like a nice, cool number to be ready, planned out, have in place what you want to happen in the new year. Well, our sponsor today is harrys.com. You hear me talk about them. It's a place where I get the coolest shaving razor in the world, harrys.com. You can use 48 days as a code to get five bucks off there on your first purchase. Well, here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at today. Dan, I've been exploring career choices for a year now. I'll just pause there to let that sink in because you know I'm going to have a response to that. Dan, I'm having a tough time finding my passions in order to pursue them because my family is in and has been in survival mode for years. How do you break out of just survival mode? Give yourself a breath to be able to plan something new. Dan, will you buy 4,800 Winnie dolls from my friend? Well, the fact that they're 4,800 kind of rings a bell with me, but uh, probably not. And I'll explain why. Dan, I'm currently a massage therapist by trade and have been trouble making ends meet. Well, I texted my massage therapist as I was reading this question, got some pretty cool input from her that I'll share. And then somebody says, I'm making $10 an hour now, and I'm currently in school for the fourth time trying to give it one last try. Well, may not be the best use of time, energy, and money to be in school for the fourth time if it's that much of a struggle. Well, here's our quotation for today. It comes from Theodore Roosevelt, who said, there are two kinds of success. One is the very rare kind that comes to the man who has the power to do what no one else has the power to do. That is genius. But the average man who wins what we call success is not a genius. He is a man who is merely the ordinary qualities that he shares with his fellows, but who has developed those ordinary qualities to a more than ordinary degree. Golly, I love that. Don't wait to be a genius. Just take your ordinary skills and develop them like no other people are willing to do. And you'll be put into that success category. Well, a couple of quick notes. Hey, thanks again to all of you for the notes that are coming in about how to raise creative children. I keep getting those. My gosh, I don't know what I'm going to do with them all. 
but uh, send your notes on how to raise creative or entrepreneurial kids to kids at 48days.com. And then Joanna and I are going to be doing that special theme podcast for the November 20th episode. So thanks again for your input on that. Again, just send them to kids at 48days.com. Hey, we got a new, got a new bonus up there and it is, well, let me tell you what we're looking for first. A lot of you know that we are just in the final stages of developing the 48 days seminar, brand new content. And I'm thrilled about what we've got and what it's going to do to bring hope, encouragement and specific direction and action to people who need it most. I mean, when we look at the stats about people who are quitting their jobs or want something better, I mean, it's pretty overwhelming. We obviously are ready to have some of you help us get the message of 48 days out there, the methods and the process to help people in that transition time. If you go to 48days.com slash acres, we've got a free gift for you there. And that is a digital copy of Acres of Diamonds. Now, the reason I wanted to put this together like this is because Acres of Diamonds is that story that it reminds us sometimes our best opportunity is right under our nose. For a whole lot of you, being a 48 days coordinator would be a great way to put legs on something you want to do to give back, you know, to be a part of what's going on and also a way to make money or build your coaching practice. All those things are possible if you are one of our 48 days seminar coordinators. So if you're interested in that, I mean, we'll put you right in contact with Dr. Terry Hathaway. He's screening people. He'll help you get up to speed, help you know what's required, what we expect of you. But just go to 48days.com slash acres, A-C-R-E-S, and you get that free download of Acres of Diamonds, and then we'll be able to contact you and give you some more information as well. Okay. Well, let me just remind you again about harrys.com. Harry's got a cool quotation from somebody that I read a couple weeks ago and got a whole lot of response to it. I want to share it with you again, but harrys.com is our partner sponsor for today. If you use 48 days as a code, you get $5 off your first purchase. I mean, I mean, I, you hear me brag about it, the German blades, the ergonomic handles, moisturizing cream. I just ordered two new sets this week. I wanted one for yet another travel bag that I have and always keep at least one or two on hand just to surprise gifts for people that visit my office. So delighted to give those out, but you can just get your discount. Go to harrys.com, use 48 days. Well, the, the quotation was sent by Artan Sinani from London who said, I'm reading Benjamin Franklin's autobiography And he wrote something that reminded me of you and your sponsor, Harry's. Now, this is a quotation from Benjamin Franklin's autobiography, and it is hilarious. Human felicity or human happiness is produced not so much by great pieces of good fortune that seldom happen as by little advantages that occur every day. Thus, if you teach a poor young man to shave himself and keep his razor in order, you may contribute more to the happiness of his life than in giving him a thousand guineas. The money may soon be spent, the regret only remaining of having foolishly consumed it. But in the other case, he escapes the frequent vexation of waiting for barbers and of their sometimes dirty fingers, offensive breath and dull razors. He shaves when most convenient to him and enjoys daily the pleasure of its being done with a good instrument. Well, there you go. And if you want a good instrument for shaving, go to harrys.com, use 48 days as your code. 
Well, let me get, I'm going to give you some quick, well, they're, they're kind of success stories, but actually I didn't take time to go through those this week. I apologize for that, but we got a whole lot that will be in the queue for next week. But I wanted just to thank some of the people who have sent gifts again this week. Uh, Judge Denise Andre, who's right here locally in Franklin, um, gave me a gift card to Cork and Cow. Cork and Cow. What, do you, what kind of a restaurant do you think that is? We have not been there yet. It's a brand new one in Franklin, but it's kind of a fancy schmancy place. And she sent me a gift card for that as a, as a thank you for emceeing a recent event that I did here. So thank you to Judge Denise Andre. Crystal Payne sent me a copy of her brand new book, Money Making Mom. Now you're going to hear me talk about that a couple of times in response to questions we have today, because it is great. Money Making Mom. It's how to be a mom who wants to be committed to taking care of your kids primarily or wants to homeschool. Are there things you can do to make money? Absolutely. I'll tell you more about how to get that here in a little bit. Crystal also sent, she sent me a box with, now this is a cool idea for those of you who have books coming out. Everybody's trying to figure out, you know, how to sell books. Crystal sent this letter to me, you know, really neat letter, just saying she's not expecting anything, just wanted me to have the book. And there was also in the box, a jar of candies, a Starbucks gift card, but a copy of her book. Do you think it got my attention? Yeah. I sat down over the weekend and read it cover to cover. Great book, Money Making Mom. Jordan Peterson uh, came through. I had a short visit with him and, and lunch. And he brought me two jars of spun honey that are absolutely phenomenal. He's heard me talk about bees and the fact that we have honey right here on our property. I love that. But he bought me two jars of spun honey from his hometown, along with some strawberry jam that his wife made that is absolutely over the top. Thanks to Jordan for that. Phil and Shannon Matson uh, sent me a box of Harry and David's apples, pears, and cheese, just as a thank you. They're coaching clients, working on some cool ideas that they're developing. Both are opticians and working at some ideas to leverage their knowledge, but go in kind of a different direction. But uh, sent me a Harry and David's box, for which I'm grateful. And then I got from John Lee Dumas. A lot of you know him from Entrepreneur on Fire. Got a copy of his brand new Freedom Journal. Beautifully done book gold tinted pages you know one of those almost feels like a bible when you hold it freedom journal you'll be hearing more about that i know he's getting ready to do some kind of a launch around that again as a way to start your year his new freedom journal well hey well you know what let's just let's just end it right there with that we'll make that our ending of that again not particularly success stories we've got a lot of those to share as well but i'll save those for another day because of the quantity of questions here that I want to address today as well. If you do have a success story or a question, you can go to 48days.com site, click on Ask Dan, one of the tabs there, and you'll see a little space where you can submit your question or your success story right there. Welcome those. Be delighted to include those in upcoming podcasts. Y'all, I never get tired of hearing that song. We're the champions of the world. Old Queen song back in their great music days. Anyway, let's move on here. This comes from Karen. And Karen says, I love your podcast, your work. I'm having a tough time finding my passions in order to pursue them because my family is in and has been in survival mode for years. I homeschool our five children and my husband 
worked in the mortgage business about seven years, recently decided to get out because it was mostly famine and rarely feast. I've read 48 Days to the Work You Love, but can't seem to get past my present to look within to find my passion. My husband works in sales and I'm looking for a job that will increase our income and still allow me to homeschool. I listen to motivational podcasts like Ziggler, Dave Ramsey, uh, Terry Savelle, Michael Hyatt. I've, I've read Think and Grow Rich and recommended other recommended titles. What do you suggest I do to move from surviving to thriving? Well, the things that you're reading in that, Karen, are, are great materials, but they're more conceptual, motivational, how to control your thinking. You, you need some real specifics on what do you do as a mom of five homeschooled kids to make some money And it's probably not your best option to go out and get an eight to five job. It just doesn't seem to work with your commitment to homeschool your kids. I don't know how old they are, but there's so many things that you can do today that you just do from home. Crystal Payne's new book, Money Making Mom, How Every Woman Can Earn More and Make a Difference is my recommended resource for you. Grab a copy of that pronto. I mean, just jump on Amazon. You can order it there or go to Crystal's site, Money Saving Mom, and you can get it there. Crystal had an earlier book titled Money Saving Mom about how to save money, but she has a lot of people that, yeah, I mean, saving five cents, you know, on a box of diapers at Walmart is one thing, but we really want to make money. So she flipped to the other side, went from Money Saving Mom to Money Making Mom, and has a great resource to share stories in there. But you know, you, you'll hear about, well, well, I, I I've talked about, some friends of mine, Cinnamon and Jason Miles, who she started selling Dow clothing where she would make the Dow clothing. What was so popular and she had so many orders, she couldn't keep up with it. She just started selling patterns. So now she sells patterns, but think about that as a change in business model. If she's selling Dow clothing, she's slaving over the sewing machine at 2 AM in the morning to try to fulfill her next order. What if she has a pattern that she sells for $4.99, where a woman can take the pattern to make the own, their own clothing for their little girl's dolls. All of a sudden, that person who created that pattern can be sleeping while somebody is buying her product rather than slaving over the sewing machine. And they're on track to make about $800,000 this year doing that. But those are the kind of things you're going to read about in Money Making Mom. Now, another one comes from Nisei, who says, I've been a stay-at-home mom for 12 years because we believe in homeschooling. I still do love it. The 48 Days book gives me the nudge to act on my set-aside dreams. I recently have a part-time teaching job, and I love that all my skills and talents are being honed in this area, but I need more finances. One of my dreams is to work with children and travel around the world. Four years ago, I had an idea of wanting to be a counselor, but finances and like the time to fulfill it stopped me. I've been hearing that degrees don't matter that much. I'm torn between further education and counseling to land a better paying versus teaching, better paying job versus teaching, and then just added tutoring down to the side. I'm an S personality. What should I do? Well, again, the first thing you need to do is to find a focus, whether that's going to be art, reading, creative thinking, travel, mindset, ADD issues, you know, light sensitivity. We could go on with the issues that children are having. Find something that's going to make you an expert in a particular area. So don't be a generalist in that you're, yeah, you're a teacher, you're a tutor and whatever people want. 
With that, you're going to lock yourself into the low part of the pay scale. And and really, as you already know, a part-time teaching job, I mean, what are you going to make? 12, 15 bucks an hour? I mean, even if it's 20, it just, it doesn't work. It's not scalable. It doesn't work. For those of you who want to provide for your children and want to be primary caregivers for your children, which I certainly recommend, look for something creative in what you can do. Don't think you're going to solve that issue by getting a job and being gone half the time or being gone when your family needs you. It just rarely works. So the solution is not a job. There are more and more opportunities out there. I mean, we have resources like 48 lower, no cost business ideas. And then again, you know, I would recommend Crystal's new book, Money Making Mom, as a way to really start getting some traction on something that can make significant income. I mean, when we talking, we're talking significant. We aren't talking about making four or five hundred dollars a month. We're talking about something that could make five, six thousand dollars a month, and that's not unrealistic. We have lots of examples of of ladies that are doing that. Incidentally, you can also go. You can get the audio version already of Crystal's new book, Money Making Mom. Just go to audiblepodcast.com/slash/forty-eight-days. And if you're not yet a member of Audible, you can get a free copy of that to listen to that. So that's another great way to do it. And go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days to get that. A couple things from Jen McDonough. As you know, she's our director over at 48days.net. Keeps track. She's kind of the, the eyes and ears over there. Keeps a pulse on what's happening. She's doing some Periscope and Zoom interviews. I just did one with Terry Hathaway. She did one, I think, with Kent Julian. She's just doing one with Jane Atkinson from Speaker Launcher about expanding your speaking business. But make sure that you're paying attention to those notes coming out from from Jen McDonald at 48days.net. If you're a member there, you'll get her updates about who she's going to be interviewing. These are just free little segments where she interviews somebody using Periscope or Zoom. You can see them. You can see yourself if you're on Zoom. But uh, it's a great way to connect and get more information. She just did a interview, yeah, with Dr. Terry Hathaway, who is on our team, you know, with the new 48 Days Seminar materials, and he put up a little post about that. He says, most of the people you know are dissatisfied with their jobs. The numbers, in fact, are staggering. More than three quarters of American workers say they plan to look for a new job in the next 12 months. Some fear being laid off, downsized, or displaced. Others wonder about the stability of their employers. There's more job uncertainty today than there has been in our lifetime. It's a scary time to be employed. It's also a scary time to be unemployed. And again, with that, I'll just give you a reminder. If you go to 48days.com slash acres, you'll get that free resource we've got for you. And also we'll get you information about how you can be a facilitator for us. And when we talk about facilitators, I know a lot of you are used to models where you present something in your church and you do it as a volunteer and it's a nice thing to do and you get a a warm fuzzy and a pat on the back. You know, when, when we talk about facilitating the 48 days to the work you love seminar, we're talking about a business opportunity. We're talking about a way to use the brand of 48 days, the credibility of 48 days that we've established over 25 years, but to put that together, lead a seminar, we could maybe make five or $6,000. I mean, just think about it. I mean, the materials cost $67. If you charge $467 for the program, you're going to walk people through the six-week process. 
and you have 20 people, you promote it through your chamber of commerce, like I did my first seminars, and you have 20 people who show up. Well, that's $8,000 in the model that I just described there. There's lots of ways to do that. If you can work with people who are, who are losing their jobs, who are concerned about losing their jobs, homeschoolers who are wondering about what to do in the career direction. I mean, those are all things that would be applications of the 48 days seminar. So we'd love to talk to you. Now there was a, a strain of, there's a long train in terms of a posting at 48days.net that started back in November of 2014. Now this is Christina. I've already communicated with her and kind of put the coals under her feet on this because she talks about wanting to explore career choices. So she was doing research on that. Again, this is November in November 8th of 2014. We're now one year later. People have given her a ton of information and resources about how to explore careers. And she's gone through every personality test and assessment known to man in there to identify herself, her personality strengths, what her aptitude is, all those kind of things. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on. Not that long ago, she listed about 30 potential careers based on all the information she has ascertained about herself. So she could be a hydrologist, a chemist, microbiologist, a geoscientist, physicist, range manager, and so on and so forth, engineering, architecture, healthcare practitioner. You know, she goes on and on with the things that she could be. And people are saying, yes, you could do that. And yeah, here's a way you can explore that. And yes, you can, you know, perhaps do this. Well, I put a note in this week. I said, wow, it's now been a full year and you're still considering options. Recognize, Christina, your tendency to overanalyze research and study. I'd say make a decision in the next 30 days. Take action and stop second guessing yourself. Well, she wrote back, yes, I know. What's even worse is that I found some articles of yours that I got off the 700 Club website, I think, over 10 years ago. I'm a huge overanalyzer. I keep looking for that one perfect fit and in the process get stuck doing nothing at all. Now, a lot of you ought to be paying attention to this because a lot of you fall into this category. Now, you know the 48 Days brand came out of my frustration with seeing people who just kept studying, studying, studying. They're always getting ready and never pull the trigger and act. 48 Days is what I consider an adequate time to gather all the information you need, get the input of other brilliant people who will help you in that, identify three or four best options, do a little bit more research, choose the best one and act. doesn't matter what the decision is. 48 days is more than adequate time. Frankly, I never go that long on a decision. Joanne and I agreed years ago that we would use two weeks, and I find that to be an adequate time to make that kind of decision. But when we're talking about a career transition or starting a new business, 48 days gives you what I think is a lot of time to make that decision. But my goodness, don't go beyond that. And then Christina goes on. Yes, I just lack the courage to do that. I keep getting caught up in who am I to get to live my dream? Who would want to listen to me? Now there again, that's that upper limit challenge where you think, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough or whatever. And all of a sudden weeks, months, and years go by. 
And she finishes up. She says, that really sounds pathetic, doesn't it? Wow. Okay, point taken. I will continue my research and make a choice. I have to remind myself that I'm not locked into whatever I choose forever either. So if I, after a while, I want to branch out, I can. Thanks for being honest, Dan. Well, Christina, thanks for your openness at, at hearing a direct message. But yeah, I think your story is a great example for a lot of people who get trapped in that just continuing to analyze, to think, to research, and study. Now, at some point, make a decision. It doesn't have to be perfect. But making a decision will give you a whole lot more confidence and a whole lot more opportunity to move toward your ultimate success than just continuing to sit in the background, analyzing and thinking. And yes, you can redirect. Believe me, I mean, that's what successful people do. They don't just start on one thing and do one thing for the rest of their lives. But moving, being in the game, taking action opens them up to other opportunities so they can redirect, realign every two or three years. That's what successful people do. All right, now here comes an interesting question. This comes from Jerome, who says, I'm a evangelist. Who needs your help? That's a cool, that's a cool word, an evangelist. He's taking a play on the word evangelist and put Dan in there. I'm an evangelist. I admit it, I tell everyone about Dan Miller. Everyone besides your wife and kids, I'm quite possibly your biggest fan. I'm 57. I've been your follower for several years. I faithfully preach to all who are listening the good news of finding work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. You've helped me think differently, and that's why I'm writing today. Now, this is, I'm, I'm going to just glide over this, but here's the deal. He, he says, you know, Jerome says, I know that from time to time you buy distressed books at a discount, market them to your listeners. I've come across a distressed product for sale, a child's doll, a small book, and a lullaby CD. And wondered if you would like to buy it to resell through your website and podcast. I believe this product would fit very well into your product offering. And it's just in time for Christmas. A doll is a large stuffed rabbit named Winnie. She wears a denim patch dress and comes with a Winnie storybook and a lullaby CD. The doll has been safety tested to ages one plus and has all safety testing certifications. Now I'm, I'm sharing this because I want some ideas from you, the listeners. This is this is a challenge. You'll hear why here, but I want you to be thinking about what's a solution for the gentleman that Jerome is friends with here. Uh, to give you some history of the product and its development, my high school friend created this doll because he thought there was a need for it. His own daughter was painfully shy. She received a doll somewhat like this while growing up. She named it Winnie, and Winnie became her very best friend. As a result, Winnie helped his daughter build self-confidence and my friend felt that other little girls could benefit from having a doll like Winnie. So he took a good portion of his life savings, nearly $85,000, and manufactured Winnie dolls, 5,000 of them. Several years later, he still has roughly 4,800 dolls. Now, this is a tough, tough situation. Tough situation. For sure. Obviously, when he was created with great passion, unfortunately, there's no marketing model. Uh, when he recently told me he still has 4,800 of the 5,000 Windy Dolls left, I thought if anyone can help, Dan Miller can. Would you help? Would you consider partnering somehow to market these Windy Dolls to your customer base? The doll is very sweet and cuddly, well made. You can take a look at the Winnie websites, winnietoys.com or buywinnie.com. There you'll see the doll and so on. Wow, this is, it just, it breaks my heart when I hear this. 
breaks my heart when I when I hear, you know, what somebody has done in a situation like this. Golly, we were talking about somebody who took their life savings, invested in in creating a product before they really defined that there was a market ready. I mean, this this is a painful example of how not to start a business. We always assess the market first before creating a product. And this is one of those examples where there was kind of a heartfelt idea. Wow, this would help my little girl. There's got to be other little girls like that. Very noble idea, but you've got to test the idea. It, it's the, the, the old adage that if you, you know, build a better mousetrap, people will be the path to your door. That's not really true anymore. You're going to have to educate people. People are so overwhelmed with marketing messages. You're going to have to educate them about our better mousetrap. And you better get orders for 5,000 of those before you ever produce the first one. And that really is how I encourage people to approach these kind of ideas. And I had a guy one time who had an idea for a better weightlifting glove. Now, I'm not a weightlifter, so I don't understand it exactly, but a weightlifting glove, he had an idea for a better one, and he wanted to learn how to manufacture those. You know, how can we get 10,000 of those manufactured? And then he'll go sell them. I said, oh my gosh, don't do that. Do not do that. Make up a very simple, rudimentary example of what that glove would be. I mean, I don't care if you have your sister-in-law, you know, sew it on a sewing machine. Just make up an idea of what that would be. You take that one example, the prototype, you go out, and you talk to health and fitness centers, weightlifters, and you see if you can get some orders for that if, they, if they're interested. Well, he did. They were. He got orders for over 10,000 of those before he ever figured out how to then manufacture it. Went on to great success. I mean, that's the way that you do it. You've got to assess the market first. That being said, that doesn't help our friend Jerome here and his friend Jerry. What would you suggest Let's come up with a creative way for him to, to sell 4,800 Winnie dolls. A nice little doll looks like a rabbit. It's got a book with it and a lullaby CD. He's got, golly, if he did, well, I mean, the, the, the money in these is, is really a, a, a sad proposition at this point. If he spent $85,000, that's roughly, what, $15, $17 a piece in these, which is way, way overpriced to ever recapture the money. And the kind of things you see, I was with my wife the other day at Kohl's and they have at the front stuffed animals with an accompanying book. And I mean, the set's like $5 or something. I mean, we're talking about a very, what we would call a ubiquitous product, something that doesn't have a real unique place in the marketplace. It's just one more cuddly doll. You've got to somehow create a story to go with this. If it's ever going to sell now, there is a nice little video on the site, but it's just not going to be enough to make this stand alone so that it really will command any kind of reasonable dollars with it. At this point, it's a matter of how can we liquidate these? So it's like having books or jewelry or furniture or whatever it is. How can we liquidate these, find one purchaser, hopefully, for the whole 4800 and get them going out the door? It's going to be really tough to sell these things one at a time and, and capture any kind of real money. Now, that being said, obviously, I'm not really excited about the idea, but uh, you, the listeners, are brilliant. You have better ideas than I on lots and lots of things. So let me know what you think. What could we do to help this guy out? I'd be delighted to come up with a solution for him. All right, let me move on. Larry says, 
Like so many others, I'm always looking for ways to increase traffic to my site, especially crucial now that I'm wanting to launch a new resource at the first of the year. I know you read a lot and was wondering what your favorite resource is for addressing using social media for marketing and promotion. Well, very easy. I'll only give you one great resource, socialmediaexaminer.com. That's our friend Michael Stelzner and his gang. They are the behemoths in this space. They will connect you with everything you need to know about social media and how to use it. Incidentally, there's an event coming up in April. Um, I'll be promoting that a little bit later. I'll, I'll give you a link to that, an affiliate link, so you can register through my link for that. But it's a great event that'll be in April in San Diego Social Media Marketing World. Delighted to be connected with Michael and his gang. But but just check out Social Media Examiner. Start getting their daily updates on how to use social media. They'll give you what you need. Aisha says, just want to start off by saying I absolutely love the podcast. Stumbled across it two months ago, been an avid listener ever since. My question for you is in regard to my profession. I'm currently a massage therapist by trade, and I've been having trouble making ends meet. I also have a bachelor's of science in exercise science and health promotion. I recently have become vegan, and I've been posting my journey on social networks and getting lots of feedback. People have been asking for advice as well as recipes. I have an idea to start a weekly menu planning service to help people transition into a plant-based lifestyle. I've always wanted to start my own business, but having trouble deciding whether to pursue my career in massage or build on my menu planning idea. Please help. Thanks in advance. Well, Aisha, I, I texted my massage therapist, Nanette. You hear me talk about her frequently on here because we consider her to be a rock star in that space. She is absolutely magnificent. Joanne and I love her. She comes to our house every Friday afternoon. Now, the reason we love her is one, because of her intuitive sense of healing and how she understands us and helps us in our own health process. Now, secondly, she's dependable. She shows up when she says she's going to be here without fail. Never, ever does she not show up. I mean, that's, you know, well, I mean, unless she's going to a conference and she lets us know two weeks in advance, I mean, that kind of thing. But if she's scheduled, she's there. That's not common in massage therapists. They tend to be a little more sloppy with that. Now, she comes to her house. Again, we're spoiled with that. I would never want to have to spend the time to go to a, a studio somewhere and get the massage there in our house. There's so much more convenience with that. But uh, I asked Nanette about how she built her business. And I also asked her, which I've never done before, I asked her how many massages she does a week. Now, what you're saying, Aisha, is you're not sure whether to, you know, try to build your massage therapy practice or go in a different direction and help people with their health decisions, new recipes, and so on. Well, to me, to go into the arena where you're providing online recipes or tips on for people how to get healthier, I mean, you're that's like a needle on a haystack. There's so many free resources out there to really position yourself and then monetize that I think is a monumental job. Whereas to just build a loyal clientele of massage clients. And I think that's a walk in the park. I mean, again, if you're good in doing what you're doing, if you're dependable, if you're personable, if you treat your customers well, man, I mean, you ought to be, overbooked immediately my, my massage therapist you can't get in to see her 
There's no way in the world you can get on her schedule because she's totally full with regular customers that she has, customers who love her as we do. But, but here's one of the things. Okay, let me just tell you a little bit about, about her. And they got another question here about massage as well. But I, I texted Aisha and I said, how many, I mean, I texted Nanette. Aisha is the, the question here, but I texted Nanette. I said, how many massages do you do every week? She said she always does between 20 and 25. Now to me, that sounds like a lot, you know, but if you're working five days a week, that's four a day. Boy, that's a lot. But she always does that. That means she's making between 1500 and 1875 a week. So let's just take as an average on that. Okay. So she's, let's just say that she is doing the average on that. So we're at $1,700 a week or whatever. That's $88,000 a year that she's making. Now that's not a, a, a shabby kind of income for what she's done, for the training required and for what she's doing. But she's consistent and she just does that. Mm, she says my weekly goal is to make above 1500. Uh, so if I'm, so if I'm not aimed toward that, I'll call and fill my calendar. I built this business in four years, started with one couple hustled until I built my book up. It certainly helped having couples like you and Joanne who refer to other couples that have become regulars. And we certainly have helped her fill her schedule. Believe me. Uh, people like Pierce and Lisa Mars and others that we've referred to her that are regular customers now as well. She says, another thing is not loving what you do comes out in your work. I have a therapist that works on me and I can feel when he's burned out. He doesn't get regular massages. And I believe that we must practice what we preach. I didn't in the past and I now know how I feel about myself is contingent upon how I work, which my clients feel. And I believe is what makes my massages stand out a little bit more. So here's the deal. My massage therapist is a regular receiver of massages. I think that's a critical piece. As a coach, if I ever stop being coached, if I ever stop hiring coaches to help me, then I need to stop being a coach. I feel that strongly about it. Now, another thing that, that Nanette says about her massages, another thing that, that is that I only practice massage therapy. I can dedicate all I can dedicate all my time to what my passion is, so I don't get sidetracked into other jobs, which I find a lot of massage therapists do. My most common complaint that I hear from my clients is that their massage therapist previously had other jobs and couldn't make time for them. Wow, somebody who's just squeezing in massage a day or two a week because they're doing something else. No, if that's your passion, do that. Become known as a rock star in that space and do just that. Wow. Hey, here's another massage question. This comes from Laura in Sun City, Arizona. I love being a massage therapist and have been one for over 20 years. I've worked through other spas and salons previously. Just within the past year, I opened my own business. According to the strict independent contractor restrictions, I would not be able to bring others on as independent contractors, and I don't want the responsibility of hiring employees. Now, that, that's, a real, that's a real tricky issue there, and you're, you're probably right on that, Laura. Um, I love the aspect of offering healing touch, but I'm getting older, and massage is a physically intensive form of healing practice. 
I would love to transition into more energy healing practices, and I would love to create passive income. Income where I'm not always trading time for money. What could I do once and get paid 10,000 times for? I don't consider myself to be a teacher, but I would like to focus on wellness. How could I package that? Well, Kelly, I love your question, Laura. Again, you know I believe in the potential of what you're doing, but I also do understand, yeah, after 20 years, I mean, what you're doing is a very physically demanding profession. And I don't know how Nanette, my massage therapist, can do four or five massages a day, but she's just trained herself. She works out. She stays fit herself. She gets massages to keep in shape herself. So she's able to do that. When you talk about moving into other forms of healing where there's not the vigorous physical component, I I think you're moving into a totally different space. I mean, I'm very familiar with you know, craniosacral therapy, energy healing. Oh, there's a guy here in Nashville who, who is, who's known all over the world. His name is Atana. And if you, you can check him out, Atana Method, A-T-A-A-N-A Method.com. Atana, you can find him easily. Uh, the guy's a genius in what he does. And he does not work you over physically. Rarely would he ever even touch you, but his intuitive sense about how to help you is just indescribable. I think that's a different kind of gift, frankly. I don't, I don't think it's something that you can just learn. Now I may be off base here and it's not something that I'm an expert on by any means, but uh, to go into these kind of energy healing things that are popular today. And, and frankly, I don't consider as a customer that to be in the same category at all as massage. That, that's something different. Yeah, I'm open to the experience, but massage does something to me physically that is not going to be accomplished through energy healing. Well, that's probably a topic for another another complete theme, and a lot of you out there are much more versed on that and educated on those issues. Feel free to enlighten me. But, uh, but I do think there are things you can do as a massage therapist where you can get paid 10,000 times. I mean, it might be how to massage know your marriage partner or or how to prepare for a most effective massage or how important mindset is in addition to just what happens physically you know when i go to see our chiropractor you know he, he says uh thinking thoughts and trauma and time okay I, I i had to think a minute what the three the t, three t's are he says okay what have you been thinking have you had any trauma any toxins so it's toxins you put in your body, trauma, something that happens to you externally, or thinking. Those are the things that affect your physical well-being. He wants to know about those before he does anything as a chiropractor. So you could do that as a massage therapist where you, where you help teach people about a more robust process of staying in health. And you could, with that, then have you know e-books, full-length books, instructional manuals, videos, DVDs. I mean, you can have an online community of people who are interested in that. And there's a whole lot of ways that you can do that. Check out the information that I've got, like on creating a Venn diagram. There are certainly things you can do to build on that. Will says, I'm 33. I make $10 an hour, and I'm currently in school for the fourth time trying to give it one last try. I feel like I'm spending money I don't have on a degree I won't use and seemingly don't need. I'd rather be doing a music program, getting speaking gigs or retreats and youth groups, starting up some other entrepreneurial ventures, which is all scary, but seemingly more fulfilling. 
I keep hearing from my family and friends that I'm so close and should just get it done. I've got one and a half years to go to get a degree, but I just don't feel like I have it in me to keep doing this. Any thoughts or suggestions? I want my life to count for something, but I don't, but I feel like it's wasting away in school and a job I loathe. Miserable in Milwaukee. Wow. Ouch. Will. Yeah, a degree is not going to change your life, but having a clear focus will. If you can decide what you'd rather be doing, create a clear plan of action and execute it, then you can decide whether a degree is a meaningful part of that. But don't just keep going through a degree process, hoping that somehow that's going to be the magic ticket to the kind of life that you're talking about. No, if you'd rather be doing music program, getting speaking gigs, retreats at youth groups, starting up an entrepreneurial venture, get clear about what that would look like. Create a plan for that. Now, now keep in mind, you know, there, there are two reasons for getting a degree. One is so you get a piece of paper. So somebody will hopefully give you a job. Number two is for the personal learning that takes place. That can never be taken away. The personal learning that you're going to get. If you do it for reason number one, so you get a piece of paper, so somebody give you a better job, chances are you're going to be disappointed. That, that, that's a pretty loose connection and correlation. But if you do it for the personal learning, yeah, I mean, I've got degrees. Golly, I have a bachelor's degree and then my master's degree and my, then I did all my doctoral work. It was not so I would get pieces of paper so somebody would give me a job. It was for the personal learning. And I just, I love the process. But I'll have to admit, you know, most of what I do, most of what I use in the kind of business that I have today are things that I learned not in a classroom, but outside of the classroom. So find a clear focus first. That's the real key to your question. One more. Matt says from Overland Park, Kansas, I've been thinking, I'm thinking of becoming a coach around widower and caregiver issues. It's a space I have been in for over 10 years to help many people. I've never been a coach and I've never used a coach. I believe I should try the process and be familiar with it from the other side before I dive in. As you stated in a podcast a few weeks ago, if you want to be a writer, you should be reading lots of books. What kind of coach should I start with? A career coach? A specific skill set I need to learn, such as a social media coach or someone in an arena similar to the field I want to move into? Well, what I, what I would suggest I mean, golly, check out the, the information we have on our Coaching with Excellence event on our Coaching Mastery program. Just the questions we ask there, Matt, will help you get information, connections for what you want to do here. So you want to be a coach around widower and caregiver issues. Check out Barb Barber's site, StepsToSeniorCare.com. She is one of our coaches, just finished our Coaching Mastery program and she's a delightful coach in that space doing the same things as what you're doing. I would start there. Connect with some other people who are doing the same thing that you want to do. I mean, that's a great way to get in the game. Well, you know what? I'm going to have to, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just give you a couple of reminders and we're just going to, we're just going to stop there. Out of time again, as usual, blazing through always seems to go too fast. Remember to check out. If you want to be a facilitator for us, we'd love to talk to you about helping us lead the 48 Days Seminar. Go to 48days.com slash acres. We'll give you a free ebook, Acres of Diamonds there, and give you information about that. 
And if you got notes about how to raise creative or entrepreneurial children, shoot those to me. Just send it to kids at 48days.com. Got that massive document that I keep building there. And we'll be sharing ideas about that on the November 20th issue right here. And again, remember there are two kinds of success. I want to read this quotation one more time. There are two kinds of success. One is the very rare kind that comes to the man who has the power to do what no one else has the power to do. That is genius. But the average man who wins what we call success is not a genius. He is a man who has merely the ordinary qualities that he shares with his fellows, but who has developed those ordinary qualities to a more than ordinary degree. Theodore Roosevelt. Well, hey, thanks for being part of this group of ordinary people. I know we got a few geniuses in here as well, but most of us are ordinary people who are just developing those ordinary qualities in specific areas so it makes us stand out and gives us opportunities for success that few people ever experience. So thanks so much for being part of this community where we in fact are creating or finding one or the other opportunities for work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. It's gonna take all you've got to make the future you